0: Off the Ball with BetDak.com The Sports Betting Exchange Serious about sports 24-7 Every season Every sport Every team Alright, you're very welcome back to Off the Ball this Friday evening I'm delighted to have got Brian O'Driscoll with us Brian, good evening to you Good evening Now, it's a pretty big weekend for Irish rugby uh, We'll spend a good bit of time talking about um, Connacht and Munster in the second part of the show We're going to talk a bit about Leinster and Edinburgh because that one's kicking off fairly soon this evening and... You know, answer kinda wanna of just get a bit of form going at the moment, right? Yeah. Um form
1: important, win more important. Yeah. Um actually it's you know, it's very important, it has big connotations for some other provinces as well of, of beaten Edinburgh. Um but also from their own point of view of trying to cement down a semi a
0: home semi final berth.
1: Um two wins is probably gonna get them one.
0: Yeah. Um do you want to Obviously, get those out of the way so you can rest players, or do you want,
1: like, does it matter? Like, I don't think that matters now. They've just come off the back of a rest week, which is kind of unusual. Um, you know, they've had a lot of quarterfinals. I don't, I don't know when the last time they haven't yeah. had a, a Champions Cup quarterfinal or Challenge Cup quarterfinal. Um, maybe I'm wrong. The in, 90s, maybe? <laughs> no, I think it's not quite that far back, but we've, um, they've, I should say, um, <laughs> they, you know, they've, uh, you know, I could see. You know, even on Instagram, a lot of the boys were given a week's holiday, particularly the international guys. They were straight back in and, um, you know, after post Six Nations because they knew this week was coming. So uh, being able to rest up and then properly
0: give it a crack now. In their heads, this is a lost season if they don't win the trophy, right? That's what they're thinking. I think so. If you've won a Hyden Cup, you're thinking, geez, I can't go a whole season like this disaster if we don't win this.
1: Yeah, like you can't look on it as get to the final and lose in a final and it be an okay season. You just you don't have those standards anymore. The standards are and have been set, you know, by three-time champions in the last 7-8 years. Yeah. Um to being um seasonal, you know, winners of some sort. I think you look at and I'm certainly not drawing a comparison to the, you know, the the big two in Spain, but you look more recently at Barcelona, they're probably going to go and win the league, but it's still possibly you know being touted as being a disappointing year yeah. because they haven't gone and won, you know, the, won the double, won the Champions League, won the league, and now it's not to that extreme. But I think the expectation is to win something year in year, and yeah, you know, we don't have any Cabo del Rey to play for, so. Um, it's about winning the, the Pro 12.
0: Yeah, I I kind of always thought that at, at this stage of the development of the game as well, if you become the team who always wins the league, it's a brilliant, like if you become the dominant power in the league, it's a brilliant springboard for then those seasons when you do kind of flare up and you, you do accumulate enough talent to make a proper assault on the European competition. Yeah, I think it helps from that point of view for sure. But I also think it
1: um, it, it embeds the culture of that winning culture. Of younger guys coming through, and that was the thing that you know we we had to build it for a long time before, um, you know, kind of the youthful exuberance of the Lucas Charles and Jamie Heaslips and Rob Kearney's came through, and really winning more often than losing yeah. is what they know. Um, and now you need to keep that cycle going for as long as you possibly can. And it's, uh, it was, you know, it was disappointing last year, last year, albeit they were six inches away from being in a Champions Cup. Uh, final, yeah, um, you know, and gonna... having potentially won away to the you know, eventual winners, um, and then um, you know not getting into the to the final quarterfin- or into the semi final of the Pro 12 was a disappointment, was a major disappointment, and as a result, the coach lost his job. Yeah, so you put that in context. Um, I think that you know being in the mix every single year and trying to win year on year has a huge impact of guys coming through the academy.
0: Is it fair to say that you guys didn't take the league as seriously? I mean, obviously the league is hugely important now in terms of European qualification this season, but then it was only the league for you guys for the first while. Maybe it was a shift in in later on when you kind of thought, okay, well, you can't just put it on on the European stage if we haven't got this base of quality performance and excellence.
1: Yeah, well, we won that Celtic Cup, the first one, which probably was the... the Ignition to the Leinster Munster rivalry, the big rivalry. That's we, the game
0: where you're down to fourteen. Two thousand
1: and one, Eric Miller gets sent off, yeah. and you know, we came back from a deficit at halftime. And I think um, first big crowd in Lansdowne Road. You know, I think that they let ten thousand people in for nothing because they they weren't prepared for yeah. the huge numbers that were coming down en masse. Um, and I think that was the beginning of of um, that huge rivalry. Munster were up and running at that stage. They. Definitely, the following year or the previous year, they played in a in a Heineken final, lost, and they were from there on they were you know, kind of perennial yeah. semi finalists at least. Whereas um, Leinster, you know, really had to build it uh, f- from from back in those days.
0: Yeah, just wondering about the league, you know, and they, um you guys have four medals. I only found that actually Yeah,
1: uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I just lost my train of thought for a second. So, so the so the the Champions Cup was the, was the original league, yeah, and then um we didn't win it again until two thousand and eight, so it's a long time to go without a trophy at the club, even though you've been to a couple of european semi finals, so to eventually go, it was very important in two thousand and eight, retrospectively, looking back to the Heineken success in o nine to go and win the trophy and manage to actually do it um we finished second a number of times. But to go and and win it, it meant like a, it meant a big deal.
0: Yeah, I guess it might sound, sound like I'm labouring the point to the listeners, but the the reason is because this group and Connacht or Munster for them a trophy at this season it rescues the whole Connacht doesn't need to rescue the season definitely because they've they've overachieved, but for Munster and Leinster and Ulster winning this thing is actually it becomes really important. It becomes a, a massive narrow focus. I th- I think. There is more focus being put into the Pro 12, and and
1: yeah, we went through that cycle of it being about um, Pro 12 for the first few years. It was it was something you know, and then we until we won it in that sorry that Celtic that Celtic Cup, and then it became all about Europe because yeah, Munster were the team that, you know that were winning it, and we needed to get there and trying to match them, and now it's come back to a level of importance again. Um, obviously partly because the success in Europe in the last couple of years has been not huge yeah. and also that qualification has become a huge aspect where the seeding in the Pro 12 of 1 to 6 has a huge um, it's a huge call on on who you get in your group as Leicester as, found, as
0: found out this year with, yeah. with with the group that they found themselves in yeah, so, so maybe like uh, we're chatting today complaining about the European Cup and um, there's no Irish team in the quarterfinal weekend it's hard watching. Not a lot of Irish people, I'd say, were watching a lot of the games at the weekend. And maybe we just need to, you know, reflect a little bit on ourselves and go, well, that's probably on us. And we need to, as a rugby culture at the moment, kick back against this. Like everybody needs to improve, and everybody needs to say, the new reality is, you have to knuckle down and try and win the league.
1: Yeah, you do. And and the knock-on effect would be, you would hopeful be hopeful that the the transition out of the pool stages the following year might be a little easier. This new form uh, of competition is here to stay. Yeah. Uh, so you you know there's no point in complaining about it. We've got to embrace it. There's 20 teams now. There's greater quality, makes it more difficult. Um, but at the same time, the knock-on effect is that it, with it being more difficult, that the eventual winners will get more satisfaction from it. Yeah. And not to to. Uh, take anything from the Heineken Cups that that, that that Leinster and Munster have won but definitely this competition has become more difficult um you know from from the need to find yourself seated coming out of your your um domestic league but also you look at the caliber of all the um the provinces um pool uh, pool um opponents um there was real quality throughout yeah. there and there's there no, no there's games. very few and if you are lucky enough to pick up the Italian team it gives you hope, but
0: that's sure. all. You uh, know, because yeah. everybody else going to beat them too. Exactly, exactly. A quick word about the Leinster Edinburgh game tonight. Do you expect? I mean, obviously Leinster are always expected to win, and Edinburgh haven't been having an absolutely amazing season, but there is still a chance for them. So, you know, beware the the wounded team come and look for a scalp. Yeah, um, you know, again, the weather
1: has is is only okay, so it's hard to know which team it it. it it benefits uh I do expect Leinster to have too much for them um even though it's it's not a first choice team um but it's strong enough as, uh, at the same time. I think it's a good back line uh, if, if they can get the service and um get good quality, I think they'll have too much firepower uh and obviously you know players like you know bumped into Rob Kearney this morning back and and he he told me that he hasn't played back to back games this season since the uh, France-Argentina game which yeah. is kind of frightening and it's no wonder that he probably hasn't been able to string a load, any, you know great form together because you need con- cont- continuity of games so you know, from his perspective as, as a pal of his I hope uh,
0: he manages to get that and puts the, the hamstring uh, issues to, to bed Yeah, perfect time for um, him to come into a bit of form and play his way into uh, great form for this Tour to South Africa which we will definitely talk about again but um, I'm delighted to say we've got Nathan Hines on the line Nathan, good evening to you Hi, how are you? Yeah, very well. Thanks very much for taking our call. No problem. Well, I wasn't sure you were going to take our call because we noticed on Twitter that uh, you'd picked up what Gordon Darcy had said about you <laughs> on this very show last night. And just for the sake of uh, of balance, I want you to, to hear for with your own ears what he said. So have a listen. Sure.
2: For me, Heinz, he's a guy I loved
0: having on my team because he's the biggest cheat. Um, <laughs> like no sorry he's not the biggest cheat Leo's one of the biggest cheats I ever played with right okay um, but he was just, he was potentially one of the dirtiest players I've ever played with <laughs>
2: Okay. I'd, I'd rather be potentially one of the dirtiest players and potentially one of the worst dressers.
0: <laughs> is
2: that Darcy or are
0: you, is that Brian Darcy. O'Driscoll right? <laughs>
2: Darcy <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah now Heinze I, I have to say um, I, I would concur on some points um, definitely I loved um, having you in the team and without a shadow of a doubt, um, one of—I wouldn't have said—said said, uh, cheat. One of the most cunning players
2: I ever played against. Yeah. Well, uh, that's a compliment, Rico. Thanks very much. But, uh, but it's good to be known for something, isn't it? Really?
0: Uh, I,
1: you've got a better point of reference than <laughs> just that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not here to hammer you.
2: We're no, to no, pick you no. up. Oh no, It's all right. I'm happy with that. I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. If that's the pigeonhole, man. I'm happy I don't think um,
0: no, the Lancer fans don't tell you any pigeonhole well you, maybe they've got you pigeonholed alongside like Rocky Eltham and Felipe Contepomi as their and, yeah. and Easton
2: Oseo is their favourite import so it's not a bad pigeonhole no no it's okay I mean that's the way I play the game and um, it's not saying that I didn't learn a few things of Leo to be fair so um, yeah that's every, new to
0: us I, I, that was the first time I'd heard that but um, tell yeah. us because so, you know Leo looks so nice he's so presentable
2: yeah, exactly. But sometimes he you finds himself around a ruck, maybe getting in someone's way. He uh, might have done that against when I was playing for Claremont in that in that semi-final in Bordeaux. Um, I'm pretty sure he was doing that, sneak s- just snooping around the blind side. What before uh, Ball came back off that first phase, line out first phase.
1: He's the sort of player that you know that that drew players into lashing out. And yeah. you know, and, and the referee would immediately see just just that reaction to a hell jersey, and he'd look, you know, puzzled, you know, at the referee, <laughs> uncertain as to why he's taking this blow to the midriff I love, um, I love act because that it was brilliant. It was brilliant to have in your team. Yeah. You could just like the stuff that went on, and I, you know, we I, I think we saw it, and some of the Ulster fans will remember it well Heinzey um, the, the game against Claremont where I think, I think you guys scored a try and you were holding down two or three guys in a ruck and it was the, it was the difference between a try and, not, and, and no score. Yeah, I think you guys yeah. only won by a try in the end. Uh, yeah, and I remember you winding them up then on social media afterwards and having a little chuckle to myself.
2: Yeah, I, I can't sleep after games anyway. So <laughs> when I was getting dogs abuse from the Ulster fans, I thought, well, I might as well reply. I think it's a, a, a decent thing to do. Yeah, totally. Uh, when yeah, did, when, just, when, <laughs> delivering, getting, getting, involved with your fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's what Twitter's for, isn't it? I suppose. But, yeah, completely. I, you've um, got that sussed. Yeah, I, I, looking back like at that now, I mean, sometimes it's been brought up when we I started with Scotland. It was brought up in one of the meetings, and and Vern put it on the on the screen. And uh, you know, looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, I could have let go like probably about ten seconds before I I got penalised for it, or I mean, I got pulled up for it. Uh, but I was, I was just was having so much fun. And you what, know what I mean? And, was, and in the end, it was like because I could do it, and uh, and because I was getting punched in the face at the same time. So I, I'm I'm, keep I, I'm interested
1: on. to know, what was the point of reference for Vern putting it up?
2: I don't know. Just it was. Um, Come on. No, I can't remember what it was. It was <laughs> yeah. something like my, some of my finest moments or something. Oh, uh, right, okay.
1: That. It wasn't a case of we need some of this. We need, you know, a, <laughs> a, a, we, 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 we maybe we've shied away from this no. level
2: of you know, rugby smarts yeah. out in this the pitch. This is what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been it. <laughs> and everyone of looking at it going, oh, God, are you coaching us? So <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, funny, but not at the same time.
0: (laughs) Uh, when did you become that type of player? Were you like that, like as a, an under eight kind of dragging Um, and beating people? Or was that like, did you realize that actually, you know what, this is a part of the game that I could excel at? Uh, I don't know. I,
2: would never really thought of it to be, what, uh, what part of the game are we talking about? (laughs) The
0: dark arts, I suppose, would be the specific (laughs) terminology that rugby uses for this.
2: Um, I don't know when it came about really. Well, let
0: me actually yeah. like, so I'll, I'll I'll tell you how we were, ended up talking about it last night. We were talking yeah. about um the 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 dark alley players, or the players in the back alley who you just want to you know when there's going to be a row that your team is going to be okay because mm-hmm. you have this guy on your team and you're end come up in in that kind of side of the the Leinster
2: Yeah. Uh I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever been. Maybe I have been in a couple of fights, but you know, if you really look, if you're talking about someone who's going to be enforced, a guy you want on the team, if it starts getting nasty, it's Jamie Cudmore. I mean, I've I've been in. Oh, sorry, I don't say I've been in scraps, but I have been scraps on the field when when I've been playing. And uh, Jamie, I was on the same team as Jamie, and he scared me. He's ridiculous. He just he just this blaze comes out of his eyes, and he and he goes into it. Into fight mode, and it's unbelievable. I've never seen anyone like it. Well,
1: did, well, was that was that the same at training? Was he someone that that didn't actually know the switch? Like no, it didn't, no, at
2: training it was fine.
1: Was he? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Trevor Brennan had a little bit of that uh, on the training park when you know if you're playing opposition against him, he didn't know it was seventy just or eighty yeah. percent. It was a hundred percent. But if if you you know found yourself on the wrong side or you did something amiss, that you yeah. were, you were you were right for treatment.
2: Yeah. Well, that's what, like, obviously at training with Nodrick at training, I, I couldn't pretty much, I would never pretty much go there at training just because uh, there's not really much point. Like, you give it a little tug of the jersey and say, yeah, you know, if you're too close to the ruck and you say, well, potentially you could be pulled in here if someone, if someone felt like cheating, you, you could be um, um, too close. You, know, you could be, there might be an opportunity for you to get pulled into a ruck, but, you know, I, I saved everything for the game, really. And that's. Probably most most guys who are sort of a bit of a split personality, I'd say, who are like that on the pitch.
0: What was it like when you arrived at Leinster? Because uh, the team had just won the Heineken Cup for the first time, right? Yeah. In 09.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was frightening because Rocky had left, who pretty much was, you know... He was pretty good. Had, had the, had the best, game, best season ever, pretty much. But when I came in, I came in um, because there was a space for a second row. But as it turned out, people were going, like, So you come in to replace Rocky? And I was like, No, 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 no. There's no replacing Rocky because <laughs> if you're expecting me to have a, a massive year like that, then, you know, it's, it's, while it's humanly possible, I'm pretty sure it's improbable. Um, so That was quite intimidating. But um, it was good for me to be on the Lions tour that summer before because I got to meet um, the boys before I came to the club. So uh, it was good for me to have that experience with. Guys, who I was going to be playing with the next year, rather than turn up cold and shaking hands on the on the first day and and stuff. So I've already had um, sort of a little bit of camaraderie with everyone um, beforehand. Especially um, playing the way I do, you don't. Have, especially that's when I went to the Lions as well. I wasn't quite sure how it was going, how it was going to be received because yeah. I've been playing against these guys, and then you're in the same team. So what was um, it? Because
0: you know, it is interesting to hear. Like a lot of players who don't maybe. Do the, some of the things that you do find it quite easy because they've been they've gone for drinks afterwards with players yeah. from the opposition. Did did you have that anyway? Like you know, if you, if you were in a game and you were beating somebody up, or if you were holding them down at the bottom of a rook or three yeah. of them down after the match, did they tend to go here? Listen, fair enough, you got me there, or are they kind of um, bristling with anger about the fact that you managed to pull one over on them?
2: Um, most of the time, okay. I mean, that for me. Well, obviously, there's some things that you can't uh, you can't say what happens on the field stays on the field. But I, I don't think I've ever been gone that far. But uh, the only guy who pretty much didn't want to shake my hand, sex though, so <laughs> which we talked about before. And um, but yes, what he, we sorted it out straight away. But for me, so if I got if I got um, dealt with something happened to me on the pitch, and I, I wouldn't. Hold that against the guy after the after the after the game. But if we played again, then, <laughs> it it's a different story. We'd be back on the pitch again. So it's time to get your own back.
1: Would Would you let them know early in a game that it was likely to
2: come, or would you be a silent assassin type? <laughs> <laughs> no, no I, I, you know, I don't go looking for it. I you get opportunity here You know what? Right.
1: <laughs> funny, I, I had one of those one or two of those situations throughout the course of my career where. Someone would get a shot at me or a cheap shot you off the ball, yeah. and I remember it would it, in the weeks of that game it would play in your mind as a new one revenge. Yeah, and you'd try yeah. and wait for scenarios, particularly as an outside back, where you, you wouldn't find yourself in Necessarily in What's that doing confrontational, in that <laughs> yeah, exactly that confrontational situation where all of a sudden you know, oh, I see they're playing a shooter defense today. It's just because you saw someone, a ball carrier, um, coming around the corner and you thought, right, here's my opportunity, yeah. yeah. And you try and do it. I was always felt that I, I tried to do it as, as legally as possible, but you left nothing behind,
0: yeah, yeah. Who are these people? You you I like missed, I I missed
1: Ma- I missed Marcus Horan on one he he caught me in a um he caught me off the ball in a, in the um I think were you playing in that one that one after the um Northampton final Heinze, that that one down at Thoma park the Pro yeah. 12 final yeah he caught me off the ball uh um and it was brutal, badly winded and I remember for the next year and a half, uh, anytime we played Munster, that I just waited, and he was on the bench a few times, and then was injured, and then I was injured, and it just never transpired.
0: So, all oh, right, so that's the the great yeah,
1: that's one. I see him, great. I see him out for a few pints down in Limerick someday. You know, the <laughs> two of us are going to go head to head. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's all good. It's just I just want I wanted to get that opportunity back, but yeah. it never it never um, it never reared its ugly
0: head. Wow, eighteen months is a quite a long time to to bear a grudge, but I guess it's a physical thing. So you you know. You're not going to forget. No, you don't, and you store them without letting them,
1: you know, t- detract from your game. But yeah. if you, if I was, if I had sniffed out any opportunity in one of those monster games, I would have availed of it.
0: Yeah, Nathan, do you have like a little black book kind of? Is that is that what you had?
2: Uh, no, not really. But you, like, I couldn't say, "Oh, this happened, this happened, this happened." Or, I want to get him. But if you if you put me in a team, if I was playing against a team. Like next week, we're looking and say, right, who's done something to me? But, and then you're like, oh, I remember that. But you wouldn't go around saying, I'm going to try and get a shot on him unless it was really bad. I mean, I don't really harbor as many dr- uh, grudges as Draco, I imagine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm too slow to catch him as well. You were that guy. That was the thing. You were on everyone else's list. <laughs> so maybe that was the busy putting in my own fire <laughs> than trying to, you know, start the ones. Um, but yeah, it's usually nines as well. Nines just really get me going. It's so gobby and always at you all the time. And they're the ones that you want to get, but you can never get them. They're too fast.
0: You're coaching with Scotland there. How's that
2: going? It's good. It's good. I mean, obviously, um, we we did better than last year. And um, a couple of times, I think we've been playing that middle period, we played pretty well. And if we got England then, then it might be a different story. But I mean, by the time we got to Ireland at the end, with that six-day turnaround, Ireland, the first half they played against us was the way they kept the ball and just didn't let us have it. They played and played and played, and we were out in our feet in the first 35 minutes. And I think the only time we got... When Ireland kicked out of their own half and there was a, it was a contestable kick and Ryan Wilson went to catch on halfway and, and coughed it up, I think that was not a turning point, but had we got the ball back there and played for a couple of phases, we had a little bit of breathing room, but then we turned it over again, and Ireland just kept attacking, attacking, attacking. But um, it's different coaching than than playing, obviously. Um, I remember I had my first meeting, we were talking about line-out defence or something, and I was doing this presentation with the boys, and as a player, you, can, you have these meetings and you talk, and everyone's like, you have a lot of input, because they go, no, we don't think that, or well, what do you think about this, or... Um, and I try to get as much feedback from them as I can because obviously they're the ones playing the the, um, the game at the end of the day. So I had this meeting, and I was like, right, as a player, you'd know straight away they'd tell you. But now, when you're a coach, you'd say, "Oh, thanks, guys. You know, I'll see you later." And you walk out of the room, and they wait till you get out of the room, and they go, "That was rubbish." To themselves, instead of telling you, you know, you're just out of loop, which is a hard thing to to um, to get used to influencing a group from outside the group. I, right whereas before you'd be within it um
0: were you always going to go into coaching like was that because you've obviously worked under so many different coaches and seen so many different styles Yeah. Like, was it an automatic thing for you yeah this is what i'm going to do
2: um not like when i was before no i don't think um i have said right this is not all my career i said that i'm going to be a coach at the end of it but i think as you get to 48 and still playing rugby that um, you tend to distance, you tell, you distance yourself from the younger guys and you end up sort of coaching anyway. And at Claremont, I was sort of doing what I'm doing with Scotland now, but I was still playing. and um, So it wasn't a hard transition, really. But it, it's different, but I still did do, do the same things. I, I think at Leinster, it was different because you had Leo, he was on the line-out, and Jono was there, he was doing it. And at Leinster, sort of everyone looked after their own job, which was, made it easy for everybody and then when I went to Claremont, no one really rang the line out and looked at any analysis. So I sort of ended up started doing that. And, and sort of led into this. So um and like I said, because I'm older you get distance from you. socially, you get you're different from the rest of the guys. They sometimes go out and you're oh you got kids and so you make that break that way, I think.
1: Do you, do you feel the same pain and disappointment on a loss or elation on a on a victory as when you were playing as a coach? Uh yeah. You do?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Really, so yeah. It, it, it affects your mood at, at a weekend, you know, any given result does?
2: Yeah, I don't know whether it's because I've just finished playing. I still think I'm playing on the on game day. You probably, because you, you go into the games as well, and I'm on the touchline. I still, uh, I get the, the the management, the physios, know it more than anything else, because I come into the physio room, and I, I don't know really know what I'm doing, because I've got this energy. I know that there's an event coming up. I know they're usually involved in the event, but now I'm not. So um I'm sort of draw all this energy and and then we get to the game and I, I honestly think I'm playing most of the time but so when it when it we don't go well I feel it and I feel it for not just for me but for the rest of the guys because obviously if it, things don't go well, especially well, I'm doing a lot of defense and and stuff so and kick offs which hasn't been going amazing. So when I feel for, for them that I haven't done enough so the night after, then you look and pouring through the, the footage, try and find out how you, how I can get better, so I can help them get better, so we don't have that feeling again. And yeah, you do. I, I do. I don't know where it's something that will stay with me as I go along, but um, yeah, it's good. I, I think it's more happy when when they win. Yeah, it's, it's funny when when the team wins, you feel happy for them. When the team loses, you feel bad. For, I feel bad for me because I don't think I've done uh, enough.
0: Nathan, great having you on the show. Thanks so much for talking to us. My pleasure. That's Nathan Hines there. Um, if you want to get in touch with, us, by the way, you can text us here on 53106 or you can uh, tweet us that off the ball. That is, uh, I I didn't know Nathan Hines had all that depth to him. I'm delighted we had him on the show tonight.
1: Yeah, I I was, you know, you he, think he's
0: putting it on? No, no,
1: no. I always I've have, have a real soft spot for Hinesy, just because he came in at a time that um, he, you know, like he said himself, he he had a lot of replacing to do in yeah. Rocky, and it wasn't like for like. But he came in and did such a phenomenal job for us, and it was exactly what we needed at the time. We, we you know, we had a st- we had steel in in Leo, but to to reinforce that steel with Heinze in there, it's and, pretty incredible, really. And, you know, the, actually, it was the emergence of Sean O'Brien was able to come into six and and replace Rocky. So yeah, it, you know, it it actually the Gulf and in, in Rocky's class wasn't lost because we had Shawn, You know, the the emergence of him, whereas what ad, what Heinsey added was just um. Just a belief and a guy that you loved having in your team
0: and you hated playing against. Yeah, yeah. Um, he left too early, really, didn't he? Could have had another couple of seasons with us because he went on to have a very, as he said, a very important role with Claremont. Yeah, not I the think best that idea was, to make Claremont strong.
1: No, but and I, 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 I know that he would have stayed if he could, but um, I believe it was IRFU policy that you know we weren't able to hold on to him, yeah. which was unfortunate because. And unfortunate, unfortunate to, to you know that the effect that Brad Thorn then came in and, and had on the squad. He was pretty good too. Um, he was handy, <laughs> um, but Heinze, you know, will always. Um, you know, there's always a, a strong bond with him and the, and the Leinster um, fans, definitely, um, yeah. for for what he did for the few seasons
0: he was there. Alright, we've got to talk about Connacht and Munster. We're going to do that right after these.
2: Off the ball
0: with com, the sports betting exchange. Serious about sports 24-7. Every season, every sport, every team. Alright, very welcome back. Uh, Brian O'Driscoll is with us this Friday when we're talking about Connacht and Munster. Connacht getting a bit of a shoe in from Ronald Nogar in his column this morning. Well, actually, he's not, they're not really, uh, the attitude to Connacht's defeat last week from most people about the whole glorious defeat stuff. Um, brave Connacht's. In fairness, on this show, Trevor Hogan was like, no, they need to be criticised. They were just dumb, some of the stuff they did. And uh, Alan Quinlan was the same. And, you know, they're, they're big boys now and they've got to take this on the chin. They made some terrible mistakes. Yeah, I, I think when you're
1: getting all the plaudits about how well you're playing and how well you've gone, um, you know, there's a certain amount of honeymoon period that comes with that. Yeah, But also comes an expectation to be able to close out games um, because you're playing so well. And um, you just got the sense. I, I actually did the um, Wasps Exeter game quarter final at the weekend, and it's almost something you know slightly similar to Exeter and Connacht, and yeah. just a, a tiny bit of naivety about trying to play too much rugby. You're at quarter final stage; it's knockout rugby. You know, three points can be very, very valuable. Yeah, and it's not all about the um you know the the million dollar pass or you know the the obviously the kick pass that didn't work out in their own 22 those sort of things i know you're able to retrospectively look back and go that's naive and that didn't work yeah. because other stuff came off but you know you do just need a certain amount of game management um come quarter final time and continuing to build on your lead and nine, 19 points to 3 up is a pretty hefty lead
0: yeah maybe naivety isn't the worst thing and that you can actually it it's just a function of the time that you have to go and the experience that you have to go through like if they if they choked maybe that would have been far worse
1: yeah but you don't want to have to lose one to win one no it's true it's it's, 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 it's a waste of time it's a, it's a for me it's a fallacy you don't have to do that you know they've um, they're you know second in the league at the moment on points difference um, they've been I would say the best team in the Pro 12 this year most consistent um, so they really need to back that up by winning the Pro12 not you know getting to the knockout stages and um, and qualifying for you know for uh, Champions Cup next year that's that's done yeah. now it's about trying to achieve you know what they haven't done, what no one's done before in the province is win the Pro12 and
0: it's the last time this group of players <clears throat> are ever going to be together There's seven of them being released Henshaw's moving on and that's like a, they've got a this is their moment it is their moment and they they've got what looks like a very bright future. Yeah,
1: they're going to they're they're going to lose a couple of key individuals. Um I think, you know, Robbie will obviously be you know, is, is gonna be a, a big loss to them. Uh, Ali Muldowney in the second row, I think, was a big loss um last weekend. I think just the way he operates the line out and just gets them going forward, I think he'll be a big loss. I think he's gone to Grenoble, isn't he? So you know, it is difficult to replace that calibre of player. But at the same time, the same breath, looking at the quality of those academy players that have come through yeah. and have been through, through injury and through default have found that they're oppor- being given their opportunity, it's very, very exciting if you're a Connacht, Connacht supporter totally. for you know, three, four, five years, provided they can hold on to all those players. Healy at fullback last week was a revelation. He really was. He was um, in, in attack. There's, been, there's no doubt of what he's got in attack. Um, I, I've been watching him quite closely for about, Know, two or three months, and we we talked on the show a couple of months back. Yeah. How he was unlucky enough to be involved in the Ireland setup at least, um, and I think his his only the only negative that I can really look on uh, is against Leinster. I watched the game closely. Now, it's a big game against uh, one of your rivals, top two, and he spilled the ball three times in the first twenty minutes, and that can happen to players. But he does spill the ball a small bit, and I know from a Joe Schmidt perspective. You've got to look after the ball. Mm. You're like the, the, he's, he's It's, it's unforgivable, sort giving up the ball. Easy if, and if some massive collision comes and you spill it, or um, you know the the unimaginable happens. I yeah. think he's accepted of it. But if you're a little bit loose with your carry and it gets stripped from you. You know, looking after the ball is of vital importance. Can you fix that? Is it, is it a skill, a teachable? Like it's an improvable thing. I think it's a, It's probably something that you have to be aware of. Um, that you know, you, you'll look back and, and maybe when he goes into Irish camp, you know, a lot of your um, a lot of your moments will be put up in in grids as to how your carries have have gone, the percentage of turnovers and so on from the club. From your club game, right, yeah. Okay. So maybe the last four or five games. There's a lot of stat, a lot of data, a lot of stats put up, and it's comparative. It's it's like for like. As much as with your DEXA scans, with you know your your body composition is comparable to the other centers, other fullbacks, other wingers. But there, you see all You'll well. see everyone else's result too. No, right. So you know your own, and then you'll see everyone else's, and you'd be like, he's in good shape. He's in good shape. I'm in better shape than him, and likewise with the stats uh, regarding carries, right. tackles made, success uh, rate, you know, at Rook and so on. Um, so you know that stat will come out, and and he does turn over a small bit of ball. So it would be for me if I was if I was a coach, I would. I think his game looks really good. He's so exciting. Yeah, He's a guy that you want to include in the 23 because he can make stuff happen and he clearly, he ripped it up last weekend. And he's been doing that all season. He's the top, you know, he's the top try scorer in the Pro 12. Yeah. Um. And there's no, that's not accidental because he's he's electric with ball in hand just to look after the fraction.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a great story and it's great for our rugby that we still have players coming through in their mid to late 20s because like, we haven't really had that before and if we can also get a second sweep of players through who haven't, necessarily come straight from the academy that's amazing for us it's brilliant
1: it's um and some people have to go to to the cha- to championship you look at someone like um like Ian Whitten over in Exeter has been brilliant for them. He's a, he's a go to for them. He's, he, he made a really smart move leaving Ulster and going there because there were a lot of centres coming through. He wasn't getting his game. And now he's a regular on a really good Exeter team that yeah. are going to be in the mix for, the, you know, could have been in a, in a European semi final. They're uh, going to be in the mix for a, for a premiership. So those sort of players, you know, have to. Um, Kind of keep themselves relevant. Um, the likes of Healy could have fallen through the net. I was reading an article in the in the Times today uh, from Conor O'Shea talking about he really wishes that he'd had the foresight of of seeing Healy four or five seasons ago and signed him up yeah. you know, when he was playing for Lansdowne. And he he, he um, compared it to you know to property, but you realise when you know property comes good, you should have bought it four or five years <laughs> ago. And um, yeah, you know, the analogy was spot on because. I don't think that many people maybe saw him coming to the point of where he, the season that he's had. Yeah, but he's been magnificent, and I hope that he he gets rewarded with uh, a place on, on on the Irish squad for uh, to South Africa.
0: Yeah, he's definitely in the uh, training squad anyway, so he's going to get a chance for it. this monster team. This is a team that has to win this game really because it's getting to that it's shit or bust for them really. Yeah,
1: yeah. They um, if if they they're going to lose touch with obviously it's it's not just about. You know, trying to stay in the mix to get semi final. Now, actually, it's coming into question the potential to not be top six. Yeah. And that's Champions Cup. Um, also, we have to remember, too, that an Italian team has to come in. So is it, you know, I, I'm a little bit uncertain, but is it, it's, you're not guaranteed even top six? Uh, if all of the other, are all the other problems, problems are, problems are, ahead of are you. above you. Yeah. You're yeah. in trouble. Yeah. So they, they're looking head to head with Ulster now, um, really, for, for another, for the spot in, in Champions Cup, and
0: do, have, do have they play like a team so far this year? That responds to that being up against like, no,
1: but they're Munster So you always, I think your your default is to give them the benefit of the doubt that they will pull out a result. Um, I think um, Connacht have come off the, is at the back of a couple of defeats. It was at Ulster and then Grenoble, but you know, there's been they've been pretty big in attritional games and mentally draining as well. I hope they. They, for for their own sake, that they still have plenty in reserve, they're they're going to be in the semi final I just think that Munster have the bit between their teeth after after a you know a week off. They'll and they need to win that little bit more. It should make for a great game. Yeah. Um I hope we get decent conditions to allow Connacht to play some of the stuff we've seen.
0: Yeah, okay. So you it, it's just that because they have to win it that that's Yeah, that I think and it's it that's the
1: doggedness in them. I th- I think that's inbuilt in in the Sport jersey. is weird like that though, isn't it? It Sh- is. It shouldn't make
0: any sense. No, it it's, shouldn't.
1: It shouldn't. And on and, and yeah, like, can't find it, on form, you know, Connacht should absolutely be favourites, and I think they probably still will, but I think the equalizer is the fact that Munster are so desperate to win um, because you know the thoughts of them not being in Champions Cup uh, is for, from their perspective is, a, is would
0: be a frightening one. Well, because it ruins their ability to attract good quality players this summer, and it ruins it, the their knock budgets. On,
1: the knock-on effect is is you know is um, poorer attendance. Come European rugby, you're not going to see the same numbers going and watching Challenge Cup in and Park. Whether I know they're you know they're loyal but you see we we've even seen numbers dwindling in the past couple of seasons when things haven't gone as well yeah. where you could have filled out Thomond twice three times in years gone by and now you know it's it's much easier to come by a ticket yeah. so I, I, that has a knock on effect and like you said you know being able to attract um you know bigger names to to come in and and then that has a knock on effect of drawing the crowd in too so yeah. it's kind of cyclical
0: yeah that game kicks off tomorrow at uh, 7.15 and the sports ground is sold out Brian great stuff thanks very much cool we've got our best of uh, coming up next and we're also going to talk more about the uh, MMA regulations situation that's all coming up after the news
2: Off the Ball with
0: BetDAC.com the sports betting exchange serious about sports
2: 24-7 every season every sport every team